Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott LaFane Knowles, and you are listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. On this episode, I interview my friend, Mac Rush. Mac Rush has been on several TV shows you may have seen. Uh, Broken Skull Ranch, uh, the Spartan Team Challenge, where his team got first place in the second season. He's also been on American Ninja Warrior. I met Mac in 2017 at the Central Florida Beast during the sprint race. I recognized him from the Spartan Team Challenge, and I introduced myself, and right off the bat, just from introducing myself, Mac comes across as, and he is probably one of the nicest people in OCR you'll ever meet. So if you ever see Mac in at a race, you know, go up to him and say what's up. Um, I always get a kick out of talking to him. Um, you might have saw him at the race in Jacksonville what, two weeks ago. He was flipping the men's Yokohama tire with one arm. It was pretty impressive. Anyway, so I'm going to read. I got some new iTunes reviews, and I'm going to read them at the beginning of the episode instead of the end. And I encourage everybody to leave a review because I will read it. I don't care if it's a good review or a bad review. I don't care. So anyway, the first one is from KMills716. Interview request, five stars. Love the show and enjoy the content. One thing I, as a rookie Spartan, would love to know are more running and strength training tips and stats. I loved watching NFL draft in high school because it motivated me to see what college kids are running and lifting. I think it would be cool to hear 5K and 10K times, interval times, and maybe some strength routines with the dudes and chicks you interview that compete on a regular basis. What is your 5K, 10K time, Scott? I really like this. Um, And just uh, a warning, uh, I didn't read this review before I interviewed Max, so I I didn't start. Uh, but I do like this, and I am going to start asking people what their 5K and 10K times are, too, because I like that. Um, my 5K, probably my best 5K PR, was like a 20-minute, 20 20-second, 20 and I did that once at a 5K race before years ago when I just got back into running, and I, I had a stress fracture in my tibia and had to take some time off, and it's like I never got that speed back. And last year, I got close to that on a treadmill run, but I don't really count treadmill runs. So nowadays, I'm doing good to get like a really high 21 minute, like a 21.45 for a 5K time. It's been a while since I've done a 10K time. So I want to say, I think maybe last year or maybe a year and a half ago, I did a 10K just under 45 minutes. And it was just through town, so, I mean, it wasn't like I was trying super hard. I want to say maybe, like, my PR might be around, like, 43 minutes for a 10K, so I'm not sure. But I do like this, and I am going to start asking this question. Thank you very much for the review, and I really appreciate it. The next one is from West Kyle. Great episode with Kempson. Five stars. First-time listener, and it was a great episode. I will definitely be turn turning in again i think he meant tuning in again um thanks a lot i really enjoyed the episode with kempson too i think it went really well and to anybody out there that's a first time listener my first episode really sucked so i hope nobody listens to the first episode and it's like oh this podcast is going to suck i'm not going to listen to it anymore i admit in the beginning i was really rough around the corners and i think i've gotten a little bit better through the episodes i've done so and Surely I should get better, not worse, right? We hope so. Anyway, enjoy this uh, interview with Mac. Mac Rush, what is up today, man? 
Hey, thanks for reaching out, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah, man. So, Mac, you've got just this awesome lifestyle that you're living, man, and I, I would hate to think a lot of people don't know. I mean, I mean, most people know who you are, but why don't you just give us a little background on, like, you know, where you come from, you know, and what's been going on in your life, bro? Uh, I'm known as like the big guy of OCR, you know, almost an anomaly. I'm 220 pounds, and I've I've placed a few good times in uh, Spartan races, and also just races where you would assume that someone a lot smaller would do well, like a like a OCR running race or a Ninja Warrior obstacle course race. But of course, I keep saying race because I'm about that speed and about being light on my feet and also overhanging stuff. But of course, I'm huge, so it's kind of hard not to see me and at least see what I do because the biggest thing I I get is like, once you see me move, it's like, wow, this guy is the real deal. Like, you have to see it to believe it is what I've been telling people. What I do is uh, specializing in the short obstacle courses and the obstacles themselves, but I've been diving deep into training with uh, these professional Spartan racers, um, Isaiah Vidal, Hunter McIntyre, and, and guys of that nature to, to up my game in between the obstacles and the running and also knowing and believing that it's possible for us bigger guys. And in the meantime, it's inspiring other guys that are, you know, a lot larger that were had their doubts if they could do something like this. So I'm all in it for the good reasons. And also to make a living doing it. it's kind of me living the American dream. I quit my day job because I learned like I have a gift here. I have a talent. And in my mind, I don't believe it's a good thing for me to waste it. I've always wanted to be an athlete, a professional athlete growing up as a kid. And I was always very small and skinny as a kid. So once my dad taught me how to work out, I really, really hammered down and uh, built a built a great base, and it just kind of went with the basics, and now it's just kind of evolved to hybrid-type stuff, and it's really a good time. I really enjoy myself, and also I've won a few big competitions. People might know me from a few TV shows, Spartan Ultimate Team Challenge, American Ninja Warrior TV show finalist, um, Broken Skull Challenge with Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Wrestler. Miss that show. Yeah, the teams, the individual, and I, I've even done pretty well in some local CrossFit comps, and a lot of people will always will say, why don't you do football, why don't you do CrossFit, because that's the kind of caliper athlete I look like, and that's kind of what I do, I'm really good at everything, I did not choose one thing to be good at, and that's the thing some people may have a problem with, but hey, you know, if I might dial it in this year, I might just dial in for something special, we'll see. Right. So, Matt, growing up, man, like, what kind of sports were you doing growing up? Uh, I've been uh, in the neighborhood playing sports with the with the kids in the neighborhood, running around, racing, foot racing. Um, so you didn't play, like, football or nothing like that in high school? Yeah, we played neighborhood football, but we mainly climbed trees and had dirt clog wars and built tunnels and just kind of just, like, manhunt, you know, those wild games you'd play as kids where you chase each other down and <laughs> capture capture each other right and you said you're from florida right and you live still living there now right born and raised in florida i just turned 31 years of age and i have a house here paid off so awesome my, i'm making a move i'm making a move this will be about my last day here uh, i don't know when this is going to be recorded uh set live or whatnot but I'm about out of here in two days, driving straight up to Colorado with my dad, and I'm moving in wow. with some athletes in the elevation because the training. elevation training is supposedly swear by the Olympic Committee and everybody, all the best athletes going up there. They have a place up there, and I'll be amongst them all and bettering myself as an athlete. I think everybody and their mama's moving to Colorado right now. Yeah, we're in the OCR community. Anybody that's listening knows about, you know, Ryan Kent's moving out there. Robert Killian lives there already. Yeah. Isaiah, now Hunter just moved out. The Kempson brother is out there. You know, some other big names. Veerman, he just put fifth place out there at Jacksonville. He's a good guy. He was hanging out here. At the yeah, I, I didn't. I don't really know him very well, but but I saw him, you know, hanging out. I, we were talking to Isaiah for a little bit, and he was over there talking. He seems pretty cool, and he dang sure put down a legit time in the super and the sprint. Yeah, man, he just messaged me actually just before we we hopped on this podcast, and he wanted me to do this little competition March thirtieth up there 
in his area. So I'll be posting something like that on my on my social media outlets at Mac Rush. Cool, and you just got back from like a little challenge that was in Ohio, right? Yeah, that's something cool. I like. I'm glad you brought that up, man. So man, that that looked games. like a that looked like a big deal, man. And it had something to do with like the the bodybuilding scene and everything. It was like an Arnold Classic or something like that or something. You I didn't catch the name, but I, I totally watched all your stories. If 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 anybody out there's listening, if you're not following Mac on Instagram, you need to because he's like one of my favorite people's stories to watch. They're always interested, and he's always putting something out there. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I want to. I even want to dive a little deeper, man. I always can improve a little bit, but I'm really glad you said that. I got more views and more hits than any other weekend and any other uh, Instagram post I ever done. So yeah, I'd like awesome. for everyone to check it out, man. It's not that far down the feed. I post about once a day, so you know, depending on that, just look for the uh, the post. It's got over 500 likes. Wow. It's got Deadly Ninja Warrior tagged in it. Uh, also, the world's strongest man. These guys all came together. We all uh, came together to make that possible and put on a show for everybody. It was fun. We had a chance to win some money, too. Spartan put it on. Then the Ninja Warriors put on something else. Arnold Schwarzenegger put on something, and the strongmen were there. That was a big and, deal, man. And this was the Arnold, the Arnold Sports Festival. It's been around since 85 or something wow. like that. Something, yeah, and it, and it just gets bigger every year. So, and didn't you like, you placed in one of those little events they had, that little fast course, uh, was it a short course? Little. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of the thing I've been. Was uh, that the Spartan one you did? I did the Spartan one and the Ninja Warrior one. The Spartan one only gave first place male and female $500 prize. Nah. The Ninja one gave the male and female a $5,000 prize for first. Well, that dude was quick. I think I saw the video who got first there. He was quick. Yeah, that's my friend from Arizona, Adam Rao, and I'm going to get him in the scene for the 100 meter um, in, in London so these, uh, you know, the world can see what, what true speed really is on these short courses because we pretty much squeeze out every bit of speed and technique that you can possibly humanly do. And it all is coming down to within fractions of a second. We are all literally have the exact same time but it is just off by point point zero zero four. That's like fast. you'll see in the post. It's like we all tied, but it wasn't a tie. So how can you be tied? Because it, it goes down to that close of a call. And that's what I love about it. It's so fun because you got to make no mistakes. Right. I mean, and it, it's probably really easy to make just a little minuscule mistake and that costs you a couple of seconds and you lose that it's fun to watch and also you can take a it big is. risk that could pay off that no one else thought of doing and it's like wow and there's usually a cutoff time where you you only get x amount of runs what was cool about it and smart about it was that they were charging you to do x amount of runs so i spent 200 dollars on my runs and i ran about 14 times and finally wow. got it dialed in towards the end and i uh i made it but it, it didn't cut it. I made it in the 10-second range, which were about 12 of us. Top 12 athletes were at 10 seconds. There was only two guys, and that was the first and second place guy that got down in the nines. Man, I bet you were wore out after doing that 14 times. Yeah, you got, like I said in the beginning of this, uh, these guys are about a buck fifty. The, a lot of people call them monkeys, right? But they would call me a gorilla. The guy that won was somewhere in between. I remember when on that video you come off that one obstacle and you landed on that treadmill and I mean you're at full sprint and you hit that treadmill so hard that that treadmill slides like three fucking feet and I'm like damn it looked like it was going to turn over man. Yeah, and that's the post that I was saying that has over 500 likes, and I'm, I'm at about 6,000-plus followers right now. So this is big news, a huge weekend for me, social media-wise. Man, that was cool. I, I'm proud of that. I mean, that was exactly why that's the feedback I'm getting. That treadmill went flying. Oh, man, that was that was insane how fast y'all were moving on that course and that other guy, too. But that, that, was, that was interesting to watch. And then... Like you said, and and I even messaged you about that wheel of pain they had. So anybody out there from the 80s, if y'all watched the 
original Conan the Barbarian movie. In the beginning of the movie, when he's a little kid, he's put into slavery, and he pushes around that wooden thing in circles until he gets huge. They made one of those, and it was actually there at this event that Mac was at, and it was freaking cool. Shout out to Indian Mud Run and Rogue, because those that guy... Uh, the CEO of Indian Mud Run. I don't know if anyone knows about them. They had an obstacle at the OCR World Championships before I did. Yeah, that and one with the floating he, walls, right? Yeah, he came up to me and he knew who I was and he told me he's got big things to come and he oh, built wow. that thing. So I, I'm really excited for that. That's coming this year. And also anybody that's heavy or that, that is into OCR and obstacles, the, uh, the sport is growing right now and there's opportunity for you. Yeah. Speaking of that, I, I I heard that Benny's Benny's been talking some trash about he's hoping you're going to go and do that 100-meter course that they're going to do at the Obstacle World Championships. Well, yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to it now because let's, let me just tell everybody, including Benny, I didn't even train for this Arnold Schwarzenegger $5,500 prize competition that if I had got wind of it sooner, I would have much rather have been trained up for it and ready and prepared but i literally booked a flight two days in not knowing that i was going it was some my dream that i've had for a long time no one even knew they didn't market this race it all just kind of fell on my lap and i could not say no actually yeah i was sponsored actually by anthony the titan games competitor world's strongest man he actually paid for my way up there so god god bless him and Thank you, Anthony, for getting me out there, and I'm pretty proud of myself for being 220. There was nobody else at my size, my caliber, doing what I was doing, so it was a win. And it, and it's like you said, you know, the Spartan had an event there, and I didn't see anything about this event on any of uh, the social media platforms of Spartans. I wonder why they didn't advertise it more. Oh, you know, the one guy to be watching for that would be Tatted Ninja. If you follow him on Instagram, Ninja, he would be the only guy that has any, any say on that. But what I can tell you is that it's a $500 prize for male and female, and yeah. it's not three to seven mile long race. So yeah, but it ain't easy are, to get if you got to go up against people like you, too. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, you know, it's a good time, though, and it's a, it's a lot it's a lot, a lot of fun being able to get out your phone and record a short, fast run versus chasing somebody down a, a meadow through some woods. Right. I mean, you can't even see the action in there. So this is kind of something big that even Arnold Schwarzenegger seems to be interested in because um, there were three obstacle courses in that event. There was two Ninja Warrior style and one Spartan style, and they were all – I went to all of them, and they all had 500-plus people entered in each wow. day. And it was from Thursday to th- through Sunday. So you could take multiple events on it for the whole weekend? I, I dedicated my entire Saturday to the Ninja event and my entire Sunday to the Spartan event. So how did, how did you fare on the uh, Ninja one? That, those guys look super crazy fast. I got the, the, top, the top eight finalists were in the 10-second uh, range. And I got into the 10-second range, but edged out just a hair. So it put me down in 11th, which didn't get me in the finals. But I believe I had a 9-second run, but I slipped at the last second, and I did not get it in time. Uh, my my grip did not hold on the wall at right. the very last minute, which is fine because it's, it's just a... It's a way to, uh, if you fall, you get back up, and it's training. It's training because we all, we all fall. Yeah. So you can't always be on top, man. There's always a fall, and you got to get back up, man. It makes you stronger, so I'm proud. That's right. So h- how far did you make it on American Ninja Warrior, and what year did you go to American Ninja Warrior? Season 8, I think that must have been 2015. I made it to finals over 200-pound, man, mm. in Vegas Finals Stage 1. Wow. I, I remember, because didn't you fall in the water where you, like, jump up on that wall and you kind of, it's like the clear Lexan wall and you got to put, yeah. spread your legs and your hands out at the same time? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was uh, one of those weird things that I could do with my eyes closed that for some reason that day didn't happen. Right. 
I wonder if it was wet from somebody splashing at the a run before you or something. Uh, honestly, I'm not here to make excuses, but there was dust all over it from the desert. Oh, man. That's worse. Yeah. I didn't even think about that because it, it's still outside and everything, too. Yeah, dust on plexiglass, man. You slide right down. Yeah, that don't that ain't no good. So what was that like being on that show, man? That that was uh, wild because the the night before the show or the day the day of the show actually, uh, my stepfather passed away. Oh. I had that news hit me right before going up to compete. So my mind was not where it needed to be. I was crying. You know, I was I was like, oh man, this is. This is not what we wanted to happen, and uh, I, I failed. I was I was giving it what I had. Mm, that sucks, man. I'm sorry about that. Oh, thank you. Um, moved on to the next year, did not get on the next year, and then they put me on the year after, and I failed the very first uh, wing, the second wing nut. The new obstacle in Daytona, my hands were freezing. Oh yeah, it was it was wild, man. Daytona was freezing that night, and I'm not used to That's training rare. obstacles and cold fingertip numb hands. I didn't think to warm them up. I just they didn't feel the same. That's rare in Daytona. I go there at least once a year. I love it down there. But that's yeah. that's rare for it to get that cold down there because it had to at least be in the in probably what the the forties. Yeah, it was. It was. It was middle of the night. That's how they film those shows. They don't film them in the daytime. Mm. Yeah, don't they, don't they like filming at like 2 a.m. or something like that? Yeah, the prime time for filming in the pitch black where they have all artificial lighting instead. Mm, it's crazy. So tell us about uh, the Spartan Team Challenge that you were on in the second season, right? And y'all won it that, that season, yeah. too. Well, let's let's rewind to the first season. I was actually a part of it. Were That's you? That's where I first ever met Hunter McIntyre for the first time. I also got to to know who was who, uh, Alex and Cassidy from uh, Epic Franchise, uh, Ryan Woods. So I met him out there. Um, a few others to name. Were um, you on Were you on Hunter's team that that year? No, the very first. Or year were you I on the yellow there, team? I was not. I was not on any team. I was getting to the point. Oh, you were the just hanging first out. First year, I was a tester for the obstacles. Uh. I was the, the leader tester that actually was filmed running the course. I got to run it before all the competition, and we beat the entire um, show. So if <laughs> our tester team was in the show, we we had it in the bag. We would have won. But of course, we got to practice on those obstacles right. and get a walkthrough personally. And we got to make changes to things for safety. We got to give them our input and also be filmed so they could test uh, the athletes being filmed so that they would know how to film them. And we were shown to all the athletes. And I ran up a, a um, obstacle where the telephone pole that you tilt it and you have to run up it. Your whole team does. And yeah. I slipped and hit, I hit my nuts on it. And everybody <laughs> knows me from that. So... <laughs> that's how I got my foot in the door for Spartan season two. They remembered me and I entered in and I put a team together real quickly down in Tampa because I knew what they were looking for. Right. I knew what was coming and I had that edge. So I got the video done. I got the team together. The team and they strike gave a pose. Team strike a pose, they call <laughs> us. And they got us Ian, the old captain from uh, the winning team. Right. And we ended up winning winning season two. Mm. So what did you do with all those winnings? Do you still have some of it, or did you spend it all? Oh, I, I got um, everything reinvested into myself. Right. Yeah, just as an athlete, just recovery, my lifestyle, my travel. I, I honestly hit a lot more races than I ever have before any past years. Right. Combined, I did more races across the country, more traveling, which is all I think uh, going to help me in the long run. I learned that I'm not going to do well at the mountain runs unless I um, change everything because I'm not a big mountain runner. I, I did not place well in any of the mountain runs or out of long flights. 
anything long flights and mountain runs, I didn't do well. So I, I've got it dialed in better this year. My race schedule is about to change. I thought I had it ready, but I had no idea I was going to move to Colorado after visiting yeah. a few people up there. I just kind of like, wow, this is making sense. This is all going to work out. Um, that this Colorado move is the smartest thing for me to do, I think. Right. So are you selling your place in Florida and moving up there permanently, or no, is this just I'm, like uh, temporary? I'm sitting here right now for probably my last night, and I got new tenants in. Thank God there are people I know oh, and people cool. I trust, and I will be living off the rent money. Oh, sweet. That works out great and, then, don't it? And my sponsor, Caterpie Laces. God bless Caterpie Laces. Now, I don't know anything about those laces, so, I mean, explain to me how they work. I know they got, like, these little beads inside them or whatever, but explain to me how they work. I've, I've, I've seen them at the Spartan races, and I, I've never, you know, even inquired about them. So tell me about them, how they work. All right, well, let's... Plug the sponsor. Let's, let's, let's not talk bad about any other laces. Let's just talk good about the Caterpies. Right. Now, they got little little balls on them. But the way you put them on is you put your shoe on, take the old laces out, and then you start with your foot in the shoe, lacing the new Caterpies in one layer at a time. That way you can make it tight or loose at any point of your foot. So if you got like an arch or like one of those bones that kind of stick out that goes numb, you can loosen it right in that one little section and everywhere else can be tight or vice versa. It can be adapted any way you want. And that shoe will stay exactly where it is. And it will also flex and swell as your feet swell if you're doing a long-distance run. And now these are race-proven. Me and Isaiah have been on the podium already with these shoes. And they will come on and off only when you want them to. And they will never come untied because you never have to tie them. Huh. So there's kind of like an elastic there, kind of? Yeah. It's just uh, stretchy lace huh so they won't never like ride up and down on your heel or something like that uh no there's never there's never anything riding up and down your heel you can tighten them or loosen them just however you want huh so to tighten them you just pull the pull another one of those beads up through the eyelid or whatever yes okay cool cool yes simple as that very affordable use my code King Mac. King Mac. Well, I might have to check those out and try them, man. I see uh, some people using them. And, and so do they work good, like, in the mud and everything like that? Yeah, man. It, it really takes out the stress of any anything ever going wrong with your shoe. Yeah. I mean, you'll never have to worry about it. You put it on, this is another thing less you have to worry about. It does its job. I know we've all been there where your shoes have come untied. It's happened to me, and I've double-knotted them before, and they've come untied, and that is frustrating in the middle of a race. Yeah, the no-tie no shoelace right here. And on top of that, if you have to switch shoes quickly for a competition, say a triathlon, you can easily slide them on and off like a slipper. Huh, that's cool. I'm going to check those out. So, so you started doing... Uh, actual spartan races in like 2017 right yeah i i kind of uh started off as just a short course obstacle champion and ninja warrior and i i dove in real deep on the ninja made it to finals and then i realized you know there's there's not much of a a future there because the only one person can win a million and no one's only only one person's won in like 11 years right and that guy was a small rock climber Right. So I was like, what am I going to do to live out my passion, my dream? Because they had canceled my other short course that I was undefeated in at the Europa Games, which is similar to the Arnold Schwarzenegger thing that I was at. So now that they're popping back up, I'm going to have to start um, training and traveling to them. But also the 100-meter thing, that is something that I'm, I will get back into and uh, capitalize on. So that's, that's kind of what put me in ocr was like oh they're they're every weekend everywhere i can get some obstacles and do what i love doing and what i'm good at the obstacles themselves but right. oh well i'm not gonna probably win because of all that running but it's good hey, training though trying, right i yeah i've been trying this whole time and i've probably helped my heart out a lot i've probably got better as a runner and as an athlete overall 
And uh, hey, man, I'm I'm happy with that. And you're fun to go to. Yeah, I've made a lot of good uh, connections and, and friends over the the time, and the community's probably the best besides Ninja Warrior. Those are the two best communities in the athletic world that I've ever found. Yeah, because I had no idea that like a lot of these. Uh... I guess fitness shows or bodybuilding shows had these little short course competitions at them. Yeah, that's that's my claim to fame. I I usually go to those and do really well. Now there's this new guy on the scene. Um, he's not so new. He's been training ever since he saw me doing it in the beginning. Adam Ryle. He um, he's been raking up. He won this thing called Wolfpack Ninja Tour. And then now he's just won this, and then there was one other one that I was at. So now, now it's time. All right, enough is enough. I got to get back in the game and uh, win win some of these short races again because there's a lot more money in these short races than and nothing wrong against OCR, but more than OCR, not as like sponsorship wise, but as actual prize money. Right. So are you going to do all the stadium races? I remember hearing on another podcast that you said you were going to do that. Are you still doing that? or? Yeah, so that's something I learned with all that uh, time and effort I spent traveling around the country doing these OCR races. The ones that I always placed very well at were stadiums. I was always in a better place besides like a flat sprint like Miami, um, something flat, hard ground. I, w- I would do very well at a stadium, so... I'll, I'll just hang out doing that, do what Isaiah does there, and I think that that will give me my OCR following, fix, and stay current in the community, and also not all over the place, because it's like some people or myself, what am I doing trying to be a Robert Killian in the mountains and a stadium champ and a short course champ. There's just too many things yeah. on the plate. I do enjoy it and I do very well because I could, I, I mean, I could do top 20 and all of those things and CrossFit. No problem. But it's time to dial something down and be a champion again. That's what I feel my calling is right now. And I think uh, the elevation is going to help a lot in OCR. Yeah. And, uh, and the short course stuff, there's a lot of famous Ninja Warrior gyms in the Colorado area, and a lot of the big names also made the big move out there. So I'll be able to train with the best of all the worlds, uh, along with get the uh, Olympic Committee on me, get the eyes on me at the Olympic Center. So you're going to do Tahoe again this year? I'd love to be there. I I have to redo my race schedule as soon as I get settled in in a few days when i drive up to colorado and uh we'll figure out my schedule there you getting your own place or are you going to move in for those guys up there i'm moving in with isaiah vidal and i also i also am signed with fitlink media so i'll probably be talking to michael mark about uh making a, a game plan and a smart move for for my my media and my my sponsorship uh capabilities Oh, cool. So, uh, tell us about, you know, you being a Florida boy, what was it like going to Tahoe last year and running that race at Elevation? Everything would have been fine. I probably would have been in a lot better place if I did not cramp on my first way up the first hill on my calf. Right. I mean, that just slowed me down the whole time. And then, you know, I don't mind pushing past the pain. And I I experienced a lot of pain from, from nine miles on it was just a, a fight fighting cramps something i've never done before hydrated or not supplemented or not my body just has never done anything like two mountains in a row before <laughs> that was a learning experience i mean I don't, this and it what's bad about it when you get a cramp it changes your running gait a little bit because you try to run around it and it it can be uh, it can make for a long race because I've done that before. And if you and if you explode with uh, force, it will cramp harder. Or if you stop, it will cramp. So you got to stay at like just the right speed. Yeah. Yep. Like a medium effort with yeah. just that one leg. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I, when I was in South Carolina, we did the ultra there, and I cramped at like mile three, and I think I ran with a funny gait like the rest of the race, trying to just kind of keep it at ease. And there was some times where it kind of backed off and come back, and it, it was awful. But my IT band was bugging me by the end of the day, so it made out for a long day. But it was still yeah. a super fun race. Yeah, and that will teach you a lot about recovery. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of us have the mental drive to push past the pain, but we, we also need that mental drive that comes with the uh, wisdom to just take a chill pill and say, listen, like, you deserve a rest now. Your body worked really hard. You don't have to keep going harder and harder and harder. You got to give yourself some rest. Yeah, man, I try to rest as much as I can when I go to work because if I'm working hard at work, they're making money off of me. I want to go there and do as least amount of work as possible. That way I make money off of them. <laughs> yeah, you're doing really well, man. I'm, I'm glad that we got to connect, and I'm glad to know you. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, tell us about being on Broken Skull Challenge, man. I, I can't believe that they canceled the show because it was a great show, man, and I enjoyed watching it. I don't think I started watching it the season you were on there. I think I started watching it like maybe season three was when I started watching it, and it was it's hard to go back and find reruns of anything nowadays. So tell us about being on that show, man. Oh, I loved it. Out of all the shows I've ever been on, you know, that was the best one. And I'm not afraid to tell anybody to their face, like, hey, listen, like, Broken Skull is better than all the other shows. The way that they they treated me and the way that I was, uh, you know, flown back and helped out. I mean, they really, really went above and beyond and made the experience great for, for me, at least. And I know there's a lot of people that were on the show that, didn't make the cut because they didn't perform and that's just the way it is it's the same with these other shows you don't make it past the first round you know that's it you're out you're gone that's the sad reality of it but that is competition so there was a round to get onto that show that they didn't film no no but oh the other shows uh, is what you're saying you don't yeah if you if no on that show you both all the shows actually yeah they you they're elimination rounds you don't make, you don't win your round, you don't go on. Right. Hmm. So and that can be hard for, that's a hard pill for people to swallow. So you made, I know you made it all the way to the end, but was your time uh, on the Skull Buster, was it good enough to beat the person's time before you? No. How much did you like? 19 seconds. Oh. Did, well, now, after that show ended, were did you sit there and fight through your mind? Where could I no. have shaved off nineteen seconds? Uh, in my mind, I in my mind, I just kept telling myself, "Man, that this somehow got to be rigged or something." But they they assured <laughs> me it's not because I know I know when I put out my full effort, my best, it's usually good enough. But uh, it is what it is. There's better athletes out there uh, than than me. You can't you can't just you know, tell yourself that you're the best, you know, we all fall oh, yeah. and, and it's a part of getting better as a person, as an athlete anyway. So, you know, and not, and you can't win them all. No. Mm-mm. Well, if, if I just win one every once in a while, I'll feel good, but shoot, I ain't gonna win nothing like broken skull challenge. I remember I could find the, the the wrestling where you and that dude Skyler wrestled and he got all pissed off and started kicking fifty five gallon drums. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really cool. That's a cool guy. He finally he finally came back. We all met up three years later to do it again, and uh, he had redemption. I did too. Ended up buying me a beer. Was, he's a good guy. Well, that's cool, man. And, and that's what I'll wonder. Do they make you kind of like, okay, y'all get them on the show. Y'all act like badasses and like you're going to win the whole show. That's what we want. That's what people want to see. Do they tell you to do that? Like build it up? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It is a TV show at the end of the day. Oh, cool, cool. So tell me, like, was there, like, what was the funniest thing that Steve Austin ever, like, did or said on the show, man? funny yeah uh, I, I i don't know about anything funny it was he wanted to see great athletes and uh 
That's what he got. There was no funny business about it. So it was about winning. There wasn't anything off script where he'd just make only, a joke or anything like that. that. A lot of people laughed at. I, I don't think it's kind of, I mean, I guess it's the only thing that's kind of funny. He's like, you look like a big kangaroo jumping over my obstacles. <laughs> that's what he said about you? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so, um, I, like I said, I've been following your Instagram feed, man. And tell me, because I've done it too. Tell me about you laying your bike down, man. I saw when I saw your post on that, and I was like, "Oh man, I know that had to suck." Tell us what happened, dude. I meant to ask oh, you yeah, in Jacksonville I got, when I saw you, but I forgot all about it. Yeah, I got a, a motorcycle, and I was I was told to go check out this event, so I was like, "Yeah, well, I'll go check it out." And I made a slow turn right into this brand new event, and uh, it. I fell down right there. I think it was uh, oil on the road or the tire was so dry rotted it was just hard. Right. So that I think is slipped the paint and everything, the tank, all that, the motor was all fine. It just, the the case on the side of the motor just got scratched. I slid right on it like a balance point and it kind of crooked my handlebars a little bit. So I just went and got all that fixed and got to drive it right home and everything. Cool. It was all good, man. I popped right back up, picked it up and uh, carried on. Yeah. Cause wasn't it like a Harley or something too? Yeah. It's a, it's a custom Harley. Yeah, man. You're lucky you didn't get hurt, man. Cause those Harleys, man, they're heavy boy. Yeah. It probably yeah, would have done more damage if you would have been riding your, uh, what is that? You got an R1 or an R6? Yeah, I, I got the R1 and the Harley coming with me to Colorado, but it's too cold and wet there now. Heck and yeah. I heard when that dries up, there's still salt all over the road. That could even be a danger hazard. But once the weather clears up, I'm dreaming of the day to ride those roads through the mountains. Oh, man, that'd be sweet, dude. But, man, I've done the same thing, and it was me being uh, just new to riding motorcycles is – I, you know, it, for those out there that don't know it, motorcycle tires, you're doing good if you get about three to 5,000 miles out of them, especially on a sport bike. And on my CBR, I had to take it and get new tires. And so I just got them both changed at the same time. And they didn't say anything to me about it. And I didn't know. But so I pulled out of the lot, didn't think nothing of it, man. I come to the first turn, leaned into it, man, it spit out from under me like, I'd, too fast to react yeah yeah i mean because brand new tires they still got that wax film on it and you yep. have to burn in brand new tires on a bike i didn't know it i, I mean i wasn't going fast i was going like uh maybe 15 miles an hour but i mean 15 miles an hour and dropping a sports bike you know it scratched the plastics up you know it wasn't bad but hurt my ego more than anything because i'm like it did, it did. you get yeah. up and you're like what the hell just happened and then somebody was like yeah man you got to burn in those tires for like the first 50 miles you know don't lean it over and you got to wear all that uh wax film or whatever's on the tires man and that's oh. exactly what i'm doing with my new bike tires i just got new tires on the chopper right now and that's what he said he said be careful because they're brand new and that's yep. the same thing you gotta burn them in man Got to get them. Got to get all that wear off of them. I'll but, tell you something really cool about Broken Skull. I want to mention my buddy John Ruiz, who is on the Spartan Team Challenge with me, and Broken Skull All Star, and Will Doyle, who also got to be on the All Star episode. We were all right here from around the area in Florida. Oh, cool. We all got to go fly in together and everything. It was awesome. Oh, that was probably like a, just a cool road trip with a bunch of friends. Cause, yeah, because you already yeah. knew Jonathan before then too, right? Yeah, I knew Jonathan from Ninja Warrior, actually. I met him in the walk-on line. I was trying to be a walk-on in Ninja Warrior, and I saw him there, and uh, that's how we got introduced to each other, and then uh, we both made it on Broken Skull Challenge. And didn't y'all, y'all went up against each other at the in the Skull Buster at the end, right? Yeah, yeah, we flipped the coin or whatever or something like that, and I said, you go first, he went first, and then I went next and uh ended up winning it but the cool thing about it is i said listen man i don't want i don't want to go leave here empty-handed because winner takes all right takes all 
So I was like, let's make a deal. We shook hands, me, him, and Will Doyle all in front of each other. So a uh, runner-up gets part of that prize. So I ended up uh, giving him a good chunk of change out of the prize. So, you know, we, we, we're good boys, man. We we do it down here like that, you know. That's good cool, old man. southern boys. Yeah. That's southern hospitality, man. That's all it is, man. That's exactly I mean, I know, I know the feeling that, you know, going on these shows, committing – taking off of work yeah. and you come back empty handed. I mean, it's, de it's detrimental. Sometimes some of these people lose their jobs and lose money that they needed. And then, uh, they give everything they have and, and, and come up short. And it's just like, sorry, go home. Bye. Like, real. Man, can't, can't they get, can't, can't some of these, uh, uh, places pay, you know, these athletes. I mean, there's, there's gotta be enough money in this Hollywood stuff. Yeah, you would think so, man. So, like, what did you talked about work, man? What did you do for work before you decided to do this full time? I was doing uh, construction with the family business in the beginning, and I just did a couple more construction jobs that just led to uh, the realization that this is not for me. Right. So your whole family lives down there in Florida with you. Well, they're all pretty much all down here, and uh, I'm going to be out of here. So I'll be, um, no, nah, I mean, yes, they're all down here, and they're all kind of spread out. So we're kind of not seeing each other already. So we're, I'll just be further away. Right. So uh, we're, we're kind of far away now. Oh. I mean, spread out of Florida, you know, with a couple hours drive in between each of us. Right. Yeah. Florida's a long state, so it's easy to be spread out across it for sure. So yeah. last or I guess it was what the weekend before last down in Jacksonville, you went and run the Savage Blitz on Saturday and then you run the sprint at Spartan on Sunday, man. Tell us what that was like. Oh, that that was a learning experience. I, I was feeling like all right, this is my plan. I'm going to do this. So I'm going to take off some time. And I felt really good. Like I felt like five 30 minute pace good for the first mile on the Savage. And then I fell apart after that. I couldn't hold that kind of pace. And the guy, the guy that ended up uh, holding that pace won the whole thing by like five, six minutes, beat everybody out. You're talking about Yuri Force, aren't you? Yuri Force, that's right. He's and bad. Then, uh, He's a badass on the Savage scene. Yes, and everyone told me about. It. I was like, ah, no, no worries. I'm gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I learned the hard way. <laughs> so after that, I'm like, all right, back to the drawing board. You're pretty beat up. That was exhausting. I'm hurt. Uh, of course, I crossed the finish line with a smile, but I'm just thinking ahead. Like, all right, well, Spartan, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna take it a little easy. So the whole time in Spartan, I'm like, I right, don't get caught up in this off the line crap no more. So I didn't, and I was gonna eventually turn on the jets, and I just I ended up never feeling like turning on the jets, so I never did. And I was just, uh, I think I think all this uh, back to back races and these things are just it's gonna take time to build up to. to can't just come in and just. Some people do. I'm just knowing now that I'm not the kind of person that's just going to come in and dominate these types of races. So I have to do the training. I have to do the work. So when people do see me at the top, I want them to hear this. Like, look, it's hard work. I'm not one of those people that's just born like this that just can do it. Yeah, man, but as big as you are, and you were running, you know, five-minute paces with some of these top guys, and there were still, like, I know at least half of the top elites that ran on Saturday, they run Sunday in the sprint too, man. So you got, I mean, shoot. You got runners, to think. I mean, does everybody listening agree that these are runners races? I'm mainly a running race with a couple of hiccups in between to slow them down. I can't, even if I'm better on each obstacle, it doesn't add up to beat the, the distance that you're running. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. They're definitely all running races and who can hit the spear the best. You know? Now, talking to a guy like Isaiah Vidal, there's a few that will benefit us bigger guys. The ones with all the carries and all the right. heavy elements is a humongous help and actually puts in the ballpark of a podium. Yeah, but, I mean, you got to think, too. 
over, like, let's say you're running a super race, you know, which is eight miles. Let's say I do a bucket carry in three minutes and you do a bucket carry in five minutes. But if your recovery pace is, you know, 30 to 45 seconds faster than mine, you're going to catch me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I still agree, even like, I mean, unless it's just like on a mountain course, but then it's all about who can run the hills better, you know, because the carries are always harder on the mountain course too. So, you know, there's a, there's a fine line there, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's who can run the fastest, who can, who can get back up to pace after an obstacle, you know. I mean, listening to Bracken talk on the last episode of Obstacle Dominator, he was, I mean, the way he talked, he said that race in the Super, he said that race was determined in the first, he might have said meters, but he might as well said mile is into, you know, who was going to win. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, and I, I don't know if I believe that because anybody's race can blow up. Anybody might, everybody can't sustain a fast pace for eight miles. I, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, they're speaking for themselves. I mean, yeah. is, is everyone an expert on everyone? No. I mean, everyone's different. You see these different, look at my body type compared to Ryan Kempson's body type. We're totally different. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a different explanation for things too. Yeah, because I know. I mean, if I come out of the gate and try to hang with everybody, I'm gonna blow up, and whatever pace I'm running at is gonna feel super hard the rest of the race. You know, where if I come out and out of the gate and I'm not running, is you know, if I kind of stick to like a 5k pace and not a sprint pace, I find out that. I have more energy for the carries. I have more energy to get back up to pace. I don't have to stop at obstacles and take a breath. I can jump right on them when I get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, is that kind of your approach to it? Are you just kind of all out coming out? Oh, no, no. I've, I've learned to, uh, well, I haven't learned actually, because if I learned, I think I'd be doing more consistent runs, but you're right. You got to, figure out i guess the best way that i've heard from the elites and what honestly has worked that if i go back in time like man what were you doing why did it work so well is basically going as hard as you can to where you still have a little something in the tank if you need it right so that is kind of the the whole idea the whole pace the whole way so you 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 always are giving it everything you can but also leaving just a little bit that you can just in case if you need it. Right. So how are you training like you're running these days? Man, the best way that I was training was uh, easy peasy running pace. And um, Veerman also agreed with me on that. And I honestly have been pounding, hammering after it. I mean, going to where I just, the runs are, are barely enjoyable. I'm training so hard to keep, keep competitiveness on my training but it's just it's uh it's a lot it's more than i've ever done that's the thing i always am doing more than i ever have so working out intensely but what i've done in the past that's worked really well was doing stuff that i completely enjoyed through and through even if it wasn't intense as long as i was just doing motions enjoying myself I would do a lot better at the races, even though it was a lot less than you would imagine it to be. Right. So you're doing like, so when you say that you're doing like maybe like a long, slow run and then you're doing just speed work on another day. Is that what you're doing? I mean, right, right now I'm not doing anything because of the move. Um, but before that I was doing, uh, Mark Beatrice was helping me out with his programming, which was a very basic, um, legitimate runners program. And that would include a little bit of track, a little bit of long, slower distances, a little bit of, um, interval running and biking. And that, that is, uh, it is wearing me down, man. It's pretty tough on me. And it was not supposed to be, but just to keep up with those paces was just so hard because I've never done it. You know, it was my first time. 
but uh, it's, it's uh, just running, man, was it's the main thing that helps me the most. Yeah. I think everybody that does this sport probably feels like I'm not running enough, you know. So how many hours a day are you training, you know, since you're a full-time athlete? Where do you find that, you know, where you're either doing too much or not enough? Where is that, that perfect time limit at? I, I haven't got that dialed in this year or last. Um, I plan on getting it dialed in. I plan on doing a lot less. Um, uh, again, I'll be moving in with Isaiah, so I'm kind of hoping to figure out what is just the right amount, you know, because I'm, I have a hard time recovering, I think, and I think the biggest thing that the competition has on me is they can get me to overtrain myself. And that will definitely slow me down. So I'll be doing, a, I could do one to two hours a day, no problem. But I'm going to learn to slow my roll. Right. Even if I do one to two hours, just don't do it to kill myself. Just do right. it to enjoy myself. That's the main thing for me when I move up to Colorado is to enjoy myself on my uh-huh. training not put pressure not hit hard numbers not kill myself and feel like oh man that was hard i'll save that for competition day or for one day a week max hmm. and i have to do it that way because i've done the maximum workouts all the time up to five times of three times two times a day no problem always always it's never going to end though because you're, you're going to get yourself around other athletes that are going to push you, which is a good thing. But also, it's a good thing to train your brain to say, listen, I know what I need to do, and that's that. And you see a lot of people who are Olympic champions, they don't listen to new coaches. They, they, they are set in their ways. They tie their shoe a certain way, and no one's going to tell them otherwise. And that's kind of what I'm hoping to figure out for myself so I can be a champion again. Right. Right on, man. So... Mac, um, we're getting kind of close to time here, so but I've always got a bunch of questions that I usually ask people, and so and these questions are: is what has been your your favorite race event of all time, or you know, whatever, and tell us why. In the OCR world, I will have to say the Miami uh, sprint back to back weekend because it was two sprints back to back. And I got to do what I was good at two days in a row. There was no super long one, you know. <laughs> and it was flat and it was hot. And I, I do really well in my own community and my own humidity. Right. And, and my own backyard. It was awesome, man. I did. I only got fifth place both days, but I improved the second day. And I was amped up, man. I was feeling good. It was just like, wow, I get to do what I'm good at. Sprints. It was like three miles piece. It was a short course. Cool. I'm going to try that race out this year. I'm going down there. I usually go to New Jersey, but I'm taking this year off from New Jersey. and Got a good deal on a room down there, so we're going to go down there this year and try it out. Yeah, I'd hope to see you out there. I want to do the Palm Beach one. They got one coming down here, too. Yep, that's the one. Awesome. Um. So what has been, like, your worst event, the race you hated the most, and why? Kind of the opposite. Oh, man. I would have to say the uh, – what was that race right before TMX Sacramento? It was like San Jose, wasn't it? I think so. Yes. Yeah, they had TMX in Sacramento, and right there they had Yes, that's right, because they had Spartan and TMX that same weekend. That's right. I did did that Spartan race, and I wore white pants. They got ruined. I (laughs) basically experienced the Broken Skull Heartbreak Hill, the very first hill of the race. And I got smoked, man. It was my first mountain race. I was seeing, and, and so much... Like, I was so slow, it felt like I was having the hardest time ever on that course. It was just nothing but a constant dig in and fight. And then, in the distance, when I was not even halfway up with my carry, the I saw Robert Killian and Ryan Woods and, like, uh, Ryan uh, Kent just look like they were sprinting in the distance, like, two miles away. Because I was on the top of a mountain in the beginning of the race halfway through my carry stopping and looking behind me (laughs) and i see them already done with it 
and already on the next carry, like two miles out in the distance. <laughs> and then on top of seeing that extraordinary speed way ahead of myself, which I thought I was a good athlete, I get passed by Rhea Coble and Faye Standing, the elite females, up a hill. And I'm like, oh my gosh, these girls are beating me. And one other girl. So I ended up... Uh, being very humbled and learning like all right like i don't have a chance on the mountains at all it was a bad experience uh in that aspect well the way i always say it too man is you never know if it's going to be a good or a bad race in ocr man you never know yeah I mean, you tow the line and you feel good and people people will come up to you and say, man, you going to get on the podium today? And you just be like, man, I don't know. I'm just, I'm humble in my skills. You know, I, my goal is to go, I want a burpee free race. That's all I want, you know. I don't care how long it takes. You know, I want to have a, a race where I know I put in 100% effort, you know. And if I, pat, if, I, if I fail an obstacle, I don't like that. I want to... I want to make all the obstacles and just feel good crossing the finish line. If I fail an obstacle, I know that something was left out there. So that's what I don't like. Everything else is a bonus to me. Good, good attitude, man. I mean, I'm not as competitive as, as you top guys are. So I just like going out there and running with some friends, man, and enjoying the event, man. That's what it's all about to me. Yeah. Work will be there for me on Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if uh, you can get out there and you can enjoy yourself, you're winning at life, man. Yeah, man. So are you going to Alabama? I, I wanted to, but I don't think it's going to be in my cards, man, with my big move and the stress levels that I have making this move. Right. I mean, not, I'm not real stressed out, but my body, my body's just gone through a lot of stress mentally i'm happy i'm excited man i feel great but my uh my body's just went through so much in the past few days with the traveling and the competing and the hard training that i was doing leading up to the jacksonville and the savage so i'm gonna actually kind of start over when i get to colorado and go from there i hear you man so mac what is your like race or event ritual like what are you doing the day before the morning of and like immediately after the event to recover like what what is your race ritual man i just find food after i mean i i don't even i don't even have a a strict plan on eating when it comes to near the race day i just i kind of just wing it and get what i can i mean when i'm traveling it's it's hard to find the exact things that your body really needs because it's just like where am i i'm in and the time you know you don't have much time so i honestly i'm not acting like a real professional athlete near race day but uh i don't think anybody seriously does really yeah i should probably uh focus on more of a strategic uh consistent thing but then again it's like how can you be when you're traveling right you know sometimes you're not going to have exactly what you need when you need it so i mean i try to just um just live the way that i'm gonna live you know no matter what day it is Right on, man. Right on, man. Well, hey, Mac, uh, you want to mention, like, your sponsors and where people can find you at on uh, Facebook and Instagram, dude? Yeah, find me at Mac Rush on all social media outlets. And my main sponsor is Caterpie Laces. And I have a a profile on Obstacle Edge on Instagram on their website. And Endure Elite sends me an endurance product to help me get fired up for training in the races and uh fitlink media helps me with my uh management and and uh building my brand i love that endure elite stuff man that's good stuff well hey mac if i don't see you in alabama man i'm sure to see you at palm beach bro yeah there we go is there anything else you want to add man hey thank you everybody for tuning in and share this video oh cool man we appreciate it man we'll talk to you later
Thanks. Bye-bye. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Mac again for taking the time to talk to me. We even spent some time after uh, the interview, and we're talking talking shop, talking motorcycle riding and everything. Like I said, Mac's super cool, so if you see him at a race, go up to him and say what's up. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, and thank you for the new reviews. Uh, it's always, you know, it keeps me wanting to do this by the reviews and the feedback, you know. I really enjoy doing this, and uh, the feedback and reviews, it, it helps. It helps a lot. And thank you again. I just want everybody to know that I appreciate it. You know, uh, some of you reach out to me on Instagram and uh, Messenger, and it means a lot. And I just want to say thank you. I will be in Alabama next weekend. So if you see me there, come and say what's up. I always appreciate running into the listeners. Um, follow us on Instagram and, and Facebook and leave a review, and I'll read it. We'll see you at the next race. Later.